Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice-first podcast where each week we take you a step closer to voice-first success by getting into detail in the areas of voice-first strategy, design and development. What do you think of the new intro, Dustin? Gotta gotta keep people on their toes, Kane. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And today's episode, boys and girls, is gonna keep us on our toes as well because what we're doing today is we're taking the opportunity to raise our head up out of the sand and to take a breath. We're going to swim to the top of that voice first ocean, stick our head up out on the surface and have a little bit of a step back to see quite how far we've come in 2018 and to look ahead for the rest of 2018 and beyond to see where the opportunities are for brands, for designers, for developers, for the whole voice ecosystem. And The Voice 18 Summit happened last week and we're going to use that as the catalyst and as the focal point for essentially a mid-year review. And if you weren't at the event, don't worry because today we'll take you through some of the main talking points and some of the key takeaways from the event. And to help take us through it, we are joined today by top German agency 169 Labs and we're joined by the two co-founders, Tim Carla and Dominic Meisner. Tim, Dom, welcome to VUX World. Hello, hi. Hey, everybody. How is it going over there? A little bit hot and damp, and we are hoping to have a chilly um, thunderstorm later this uh, this day to cool everything down here. <laughs> there's a thunderstorm literally brewing outside of my window right now, so if there's any background sound effects, it's not me tampering around with Alexa, it's a genuine thunderstorm happening outside. <laughs> it has been roasting over it's been roasting over here as well. Uh, but welcome chaps to the podcast and welcome Dustin as well. Uh, have a guess, chaps, how long the podcast has been going for now. Shout out, don't wait. Don't leave me hanging, chaps. Come on. <laughs> Dustin, how long has the podcast been going for? Have a stab. What, what has it been? It's been since it's February first, at least, right? So about six months. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah. What did you say, Dom? It's the first birthday? It's not quite the first birthday. Dustin is right. It's six months. So it's been going for six months, which it feels, I mean, time has absolutely flown. So what I kind of wanted to do with this episode and with you guys was to, obviously the Voice Summit happened last week and you were all there and I wasn't. I'm still here at home awaiting the arrival of our baby. (laughs) But I thought we could use this as an opportunity to sort of take stock of where we've been over the last six months. So when I say we, I mean the Voice First community um, and what's been going on and all of the kind of news and things that we've learned and then looking forward over the next six months to see where we should be focusing um but before we start tim and dom do you want to kind of each give us a bit of an introduction about yourselves and tell us about 169 labs yeah for sure um so actually um, i'm dominic um, i'm the ceo of the co-founder of the company 169 labs we founded the company two years ago and our company main um, purpose is creating Alexa skills in Google Actions, and we are kind of a full-service agency. So we start off early in the design process, find out which products of, or services of your company are able to be transferred into voice, make a voice strategy, flatten that out, and then from there on define products that can be used in voice. 
do the, all the UX and voice UX um, design process, and then afterwards move everything into source code and um, release the skills and actions and do some marketing and research and improve them over the time in the next in the next few cycles. And that's that's what we do all day. Yeah, and me, I'm Tim. I'm the second uh, co-founder of uh, 169 Labs, and I'm yeah in charge of all the design uh, stuff and marketing uh, um, efforts we do to get new clients to uh, build the community and to yeah strengthen the community relations to other developers and uh, people like you. Wicked. Sounds good. And so last week was the Voice Summit. And Dustin, you were there as well. How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. It was, I think I'll have to recover over the weekend. It was three straight days <laughs> of, of talks and, and meeting people and seeing what is out there. And if you compare it to even, uh, obviously, the Smart Voice Summit was, it's grown so much even just within those six months. Yeah, I think it's it was really impressive um, how many people showed, showed up and came to attend, how many panels there were to discuss various aspects of it. I've been there meeting everybody that you might have known only from Twitter or the socials and now meet everybody face to face, have a chat, have a beer and see what their ideas are and, and uh, thoughts for the future. Yeah, I absolutely uh, agree. Agree to to Dominic. Um, it's been uh, very, very well organized by the guys from uh, Modef, um, uh, and um, we really enjoyed being being here and to get new perspective and new angles um, to to all this the stuff that has been going on for the couple, last couple of months and uh, get some yeah, visionary. Uh, thoughts and views into the future of, of voice. It's been absolutely amazing. Fantastic. And for those that weren't there, um, including myself, there's been a lot of action on Twitter. I've been following it religiously on Twitter over the last week. It's been so entertaining. Um, so we thought we'd kind of delve a little bit into into what happened there as a way of trying to kind of understand where we are as an industry um, and particularly to share some stuff with the people that weren't there as well. Dustin, you're saying there that, it, that the in comparison to like the Smart Voice Summit in Europe, it's grown so much. Kind of what, what sort of, what about it has grown sort of thing? Like where do you see either things have expanded or what, what in particular do you think has gathered sort of traction over the last six months? I think there's a little, there's a few things, right? There was certainly more of the ecosystem at this conference around people building the pickaxes, the people building tooling for voice. So you saw that in the expo hall, for example, and the expo hall is, is certainly not, where some more established industries are. I think next year you'll see twice as large, twice as many customers who, or twice as many companies who are building tooling for building for voice. And then I think you saw a lot of people as well, more on the business side, who are starting to see that there is a business case for this. So, you know, us, we're, we're designers, we're developers, and we're getting in early, but now you're getting, I saw a lot of people who are in marketing, for example, or just, you know, general, uh, generally on the business side who go, okay, this is something I really need to start paying attention to. Is that, is that kind of echoing what, what you found, Tim and, and Dom? 
Um, yeah, I think I have the same impression. Like um, the the exhibition hall was really great on many companies that show up that haven't been in the landscape one year ago. Some established were there as well, like the Bespoken Tools guys that have been there pioneering the voice industry since, since the last um, years. But other, but other companies that I haven't heard before and that, that have great products that now support building, building stuff for voice um, application development. And I think like the growth also is in, in um, companies attending the conference. That was, was, was impressive to me because it was, wasn't only people who are building skills or, or closely related to the industry. I have seen so many batches with company names that I haven't associated with voice yet. And they probably will be moving in this field. For instance, there were people from Salesforce and companies like these. I'm pretty sure they, they are just early adopting the strategies for moving into voice over the next couple of years. Mm. I've seen a lot from Panasonic as well on Twitter. Looks as though Panasonic are doing something or other in that kind of space. Did you see much of them at the conference? Um, I think they uh, had an engagement as uh, as a partner of the conference um, so far, but they they uh, uh, yeah just tuning in into um, the whole ecosystem as well because they have a they have a strong strong brand in in home entertainment and that's where we want to get. Everybody uh, like being uh, in the homes of of all the the, the people that uh, yeah are using are using technologies like like smart speakers and um, so they they just figure out to um, yeah what their opportunities can be in in the future and so they yeah really had a strong um, um, uh, presence there. Yeah, and Panasonic's U.S. headquarters, I believe, is in Newark, which is where the the conference was. So I think there's a little bit of that tie-in as well. This this conference at times felt almost as much about uh, how great Newark was as in terms of voice. <laughs> it's a it's a city that definitely wants to put itself on the map, and so you saw a lot of those local businesses coming in and 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 trying to reach out to people who didn't necessarily think of this city as a destination for tech. Hmm. And you were talking about in the expo hall being a lot of different types of tooling. We'll come, we'll come in onto talking about the the businesses that were there and what they might have learned. But just just briefly in terms of the the tooling that's out there. I mean, Dustin, I know you like getting your sleeves rolled up and getting into the code side of things. And Dom, it sounds very much similar to to you that you think you, it sounds as though you like to kind of get in, into the into the code mix kind of thing. But was there anything there that that either of you and, and Tim as well on on the design side? Any other tools that you weren't aware of going into the the event that you now come out of the other uh, other end kind of wanted to take a bit of a closer look at? I think there was one. There were there were no tools I'll say that I didn't know about that uh, I am I am now like geared up to to use. But one that perhaps not many people know about is Applause. Applause is a company that's been around for a while, and they do UX testing. They do user testing. And they have a pretty robust voice testing setup now. And it's something that I've looked into before. I uh, haven't had the chance to use just yet, but it's on my to-do list. And that's something that, as, especially as brands get to be more into voice, they're going to want to test this with as many different accents and ways of speaking and, and getting this in front of actual users. And applause can be a really good tool for that. 
Yeah, I've seen, seen a webinar they've done recently with Bespoken, so it looks as though they're partnering with Bespoken, I think, in, on some things. Um, Tim, Dom, anything that, that you found there, tooling-wise, um, that you're kind of interested in taking a look at after the conference? Um, actually, yeah, I, I totally agree about the testing aspects. I, that's, that's, I think, one main part in our agency that we came up with, because when we develop skills for clients, it is really important to have a good quality in our skills and quality assurance is, is one part that we really put effort on. And we found out that this part hasn't been covered very well by tooling or other techniques yet in voice due to the nat natural um, testing process that has been done on devices. And I see like companies like um, Applause, uh, Bespoken, and also Jobo with their testing framework moving into the space and um, making quality assurance way easier for us to do. And I think this is one part of one part of the process that we will really well, try to improve over the next um, three or six months. Mm. What were you doing testing-wise kind of before? It sounds like there's two sort of testing things. So one is your technical sort of testing. The other is the, the usability side of, side of the testing. What were you doing um kind of previously were you using bespoken or anything like that or what what, what were you doing testing wise on the skills that you've done um actually we had uh, a mix of every tool in our lab over the past um six months so we tried everything out and we didn't find like the one tool that fits all our needs so that's why deciding on every project new we would put one of these tools into production in, in total, there were like a mixture of, of different of different companies there in the expo hall. There were uh, like Earplay as well, uh, showing up as a studio for voice experiences. And I've seen maybe in total four, five, or six uh, tooling tooling platforms. Um, so from that perspective, and I've not that seen uh, uh, not seen any any tooling stuff that might improve. Uh, my my work at the moment, I would say, because uh, I asked in my presentation, I asked the audience who's already in voice in the voice business and who has already experience in creating voice uh, voice apps, and there were like I would say sixty percent, seventy percent who um, have no experiences yet. So um, I think for for them, it's it's more important to know how to uh, approach uh, voice and what. What can uh, yeah? Which which improvements can can bring uh, voice in my customer journey or um, regarding my digital um, strategy for my for my own company? So um, I think for them it's it's important to know about the tooling stuff and and uh, the software and um, finding the the right agency for for their for their project is uh, step two, and it will happen maybe in the next. The next months or so yeah i am Karilla. i uh, come from hamburg in germany and uh, right now i have started my own uh, business doing um, conceptual development and uh, development of applications for voice um, in those uh, european markets okay great and what are your main takeaways from the last three days at voice 
my main takeaways from the last three days is that um, there are some um, industries that um, are ex extremely excited about voice, which is healthcare, um, senior care, financial industry. Um, I am personally also very excited about all the content that can be um, reshaped specifically for voice. Um, and um, I wanna uh, really take with me um, an idea that was presented uh, by the agency Rain um, that um, when you think about voice, you really need to think uh, in systems rather than in exclusion and sort of isolation when um, thinking about like applications. For those people listening who, I know there was like, what, two and a half thousand people there or something like that, but there's probably a lot of people um, that listened to this that weren't there. Uh, I know you've shared your slides, and if, if you if you would like, we can share those with the listeners if they want to take a look. But do you want to give us just a bit of a run-through of some of the key points that you were making in your in your talk? Yeah, I, I did because I, uh, my presentation was on the on the last day of the conference. I did a quick wrap up of the uh, most important figures and numbers uh, that everybody heard maybe twice or three times over <laughs> over uh, the days. But uh, I did a wrap up of that, like uh, um, yeah, that everyone ha everybody has in, in in mind that there will be fifty percent of. Uh, uh, searches is done by voice in 2020, um, the numbers from Comscore um, and um, all these numbers by uh, the people from uh, from VoiceBot, like um, um, like that. There will be uh, much more um, penetration in, in in the markets, even even in Europe and in in the US as well, of course, and that. Uh, Big companies or big entertainment companies like NPR um, already have, uh, yeah, uh, the, their numbers rocketing to 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 the sky, um, and that's what I think. What can encourage all people there that that they see, okay, this is worth to work in this in this area and to to be aware of it, and to do the first steps right now and learn. Uh, with the platform and grow with the platform and uh, grow, grow with the um, the reach uh, of the of the platform as well. So um, that was like like my introduction in my presentation. And the second part were about uh, the industries that we think are uh, the most promising ones regarding um, yeah like f finding new products or uh, bringing their products into. Uh, different everyday situations like uh, being at home or uh, being in your car or uh, on your maybe uh, at work so um, the media industry um, and I talked about uh, education and uh, the gaming industry and automotive and um, yeah, I shared some insights from our work that we've done in, in the European market and showed that the things are working so i demoed uh to to skills there as well um because my approach is like not only talk about everything uh but showing showing some magic as well <laughs> li yeah. li living on the edge with some live demos there i hope it went all right <laughs> did it <laughs> it worked perfectly yes <laughs> 
classic. It's interesting you mentioned the NPR. So you, you sent us the um, the slides over, which um, is is really cool. So it looks like from NPR, um, November twenty seventeen, um, their live streaming share on Alexa looks like it was at three point nine percent. Not entirely sure what their live streaming share means. Maybe you can explain that in a sec, but. In February 2018, they've seen a 242% rise in their live streaming on Alexa. Yeah, listen, I have been uh, to the NPR panel where they discussed these numbers in detail, and they showed another slide where they, they, they were showing that usage or listening to NPR via smartphone and tablet is on the decline. And now listening by a smart speaker is even at, I think, around 30% um, with smartphone and tablet usage. And AM and FM radio, which when I grew up were the main uh, sources of radio, they, I think, are around 10% of their usage and on a decline as well. So it's really impressive how, much, how, how smart speakers, profit, uh, the radio industry can profit from the usage of smart speakers and their skills and programs over voice. So we were at we were at the Smart Voice Summit, Dom, weren't we, in London a few weeks back, and there was a guy, Hannes Rickleffs from BBC, talking about he was talking about the technical architecture of the BBC skills, and he was literally saying the very same kind of thing, wasn't he, in terms of how the BBC's engagement on Alexa has just completely went through the roof, and I can't remember the exact figures. I don't know if you can remember, Dom, but it was I know the number seventeen was in there, and I can't remember if he said it was 17 million engagements um, over either a month or a year. I can't remember what it was now. Or 17,000. I can't remember. Can you remember them stats or not? Yeah, I remember, I can't remember exactly what the key message was. It was skyrocketing through the roof. That's what I remember. The exact figures I don't remember. And I remember one once quote he said that Alexa is the revenge of radio. So radio has a renaissance <laughs> now with new technologies. And I like this that statement. But the yeah. good news are that that Hannes will also join our conference in October. <laughs> so really? uh, maybe you will repeat, repeat or update his uh, his figures and every, everyone who will attend this uh, our conference will um, get these insights. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let's, well, well, let's, okay, let's, you've kind of led us segue nicely into the, uh, into the, the conference in October. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> Talk about that, and then we'll get into Dustin's talk as well. So tell us about the conference in October. Um, yeah, we now have definitely a role model. <laughs> That's, uh, of, of course, the, the, voice, the voice summit here in New York. I mean, we maybe will only be close to 2,000 uh, attendees, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we will do uh, the All About Voice um, conference. It's a whole day experience in October in Munich, um, the home and heart of uh, beer and pretzels uh, <laughs> in Germany. And yeah, it will be as well an international event and with a strong focus on business relations. So it's a B2B uh, event and we uh, we'll um, have around 250 people in the audience there, and uh, amazing, amazing speaker, uh, amazing speaker lineup uh, with Karen Kuschansky from uh, Switzerland, uh, who's a design expert in creating voice experiences. Jess Williams from the UK, 
um, Hans Riglevs, as I mentioned, uh, some 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 guys from the from from German companies as well who have experiences in creating voice uh, voice experiences, and yeah, and last but not least, uh, we will have uh, Max uh, Amodeluso from Amazon. Uh, he's the chief evangelist EU uh, in the Alexa Skills Kit team, and yeah, he will be our our headliner, and he will talk about. Uh, the monetization opportunities in, in voice apps. So um, yeah, it will be will be a great great day, and we want to yeah, build up the the European community, but on a business side. So um, the whole developer education stuff is very well done by the the platform themselves, and we want to yeah bring bring the companies together and uh, talk about uh, the future of, of voice technology. Yeah. Tim, uh, what are you seeing in Germany necessitating this kind of conference now? Pardon? What are you seeing in Germany in terms of the growth or in terms of the demand that uh, that calls for this new conference? Um, we 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 are convinced that um, this is a, is a is absolutely the right step. We already thought about it uh, last year, uh, but with these uh, developments in the past six months. And the growing demands uh, um, in, in, in our agency for projects from, from large large companies and larger companies in the in telecommunication business, in um, travel, in uh, hospitality, and uh, the media landscape, uh, we think it's now the right time to get everybody um, in one room and uh, yeah tune them in. Uh, like uh, what uh, voice will will uh, what yeah what impact voice will have in the next uh, in the next years. So we will do the first one in in, in Germany. It's hosted in Germany, and we are absolutely sure that it will be a recurring event over the next years, and that we maybe will have uh, some kind of editions in other maybe other cities from Germany or with a different focus, maybe developer related as well or stuff like that, and. Uh, yeah, we are curious to see um, what the what the outcomes will be uh, there. Cool. And who would be the ideal person to go to that conference? So, from the listeners listening to this, who who is this conference f- for predominantly? Who you who you're looking to try and help out? Mm, our idea is um, that people who are uh, basically interested in uh, new technologies and new digital technologies uh, they can attend but uh, I think most of most of the attendees would be uh, chief marketing officers uh, digital uh, lead uh, persons or project or product managers in a digital business um, and all the people that maybe can also, decide something or decide if uh, their company will put more focus on it in in the future so uh, our idea is our goal is um, is that the people who will leave this this uh, this event that they know that they have to to be aware of voice technology in the future or that they can learn from these experts we have uh, on stage and who already yeah Maybe had had some some pitfalls or discovered pitfalls in creating voice voice apps, and you can learn from from these people. Yeah. Fantastic. 
And you did mention that there will be some lucky tickets going to some lucky VUX World listeners. Yes. I mean, uh, we recently announced that uh, VUX World will be uh, the media partner, one of the media partners of uh, What Boys Conference. And of course, we want to encourage your um, listeners to uh, come across and uh, to join the conference. So we will do uh, a draw and uh, we will um, yeah, have two tickets for your listeners um, that you can, you can win. And we will have, of course, uh, as well, uh, a voucher, a discount code that you can uh, use to get 10% uh, off the ticket price. Fantastic. Wow, yeah. there you go, boys and girls. <laughs> Wicked, <laughs> yes. Okay, well, what we'll do is we will put a link in the show notes. Um, and if we get if we get a, a voucher kind of thing sorted for this episode going out, then follow that link in the show notes. We'll put it up the top. Uh, if you're interested in going to All About Voice, just click on that link, put the code in, you save a bit of money on the tickets. And then for the two lucky people or who will end up going there for free, what do you want to do? Should we do a Twitter situation? I see you've got a hashtag All About Voice on there. Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 do that. It's uh, it's a very good idea to to um, share uh, to collect some some ideas and uh, maybe some thoughts on, on on voice technology there and maybe um, getting some crowd ideas uh, um, for for the conference or for a specific uh, topic. Do you have something yeah. in mind? Maybe that we can. Well, why ask why the... don't why don't we say? Using the hashtag all about voice on Twitter, all you need to do is send a tweet using the hashtag all about voice and answer the question, why is 2018 all about voice? That's a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Why yeah. Or why is it all about voice? Stick your answer on Twitter, use the hashtag all about voice, and Tim will pick a lucky winner. Uh, what? When do you want to do it? Next week? At the end of next week? At the end of the week after? Yeah, that's that's good. Let's let's uh, collect some uh, some participants over uh, maybe five or six days. Let's do five days yeah. from yeah. Uh, the the point of time you publish the, the this episode, and I will do a live video um, where we um, where we announce the winners. Okay, that sounds good then. So, boys and girls, if you want to go to the All About Voice conference in Germany, yes. in uh, Munich, is it? Munich. Of course it's Munich. How could it not be in Munich? <laughs> and the 12th of, 12th of October, isn't it? Yeah, that's the date. So, 12th of October in Munich, All About Voice, two tickets if you use the hashtag All About Voice on Twitter and answer the question, why is it All About Voice in 2018? So, hello, uh, um, hello, my name is Mari, and I'm the CEO of Voice First Labs, and the main opportunity that I see for brands in the next 6 to 12 months is to experiment in the technology and to, be the, to have the opportunity to be the first in the platform for your industry. And the good thing is this is this technology is not developer intensive, so you need a lot of creative power to differentiate yourself uh, in the platform, but you have the possibility to do that better now than ever. So that's my suggestion. Hi, this is Advelavin from Pretzel Apps. Um, my main takeaway from this summit is the power of a community. 
Um, this conference brought together so many people from different countries, different backgrounds, um, and different takeaways on voice. And I think what was super powerful is how collaborative and inclusive the space is and how we can all push the space forward together. Trends I've been seeing this week as a designer were definitely multimodality. Will we be staying in a voice-only world? Would it be voice first or voice and? Um, and of course, contextual design. Um, are we designing for a voice-enabled device in the home, in the car? What is the user's situation when they are interacting with our products? Let's get back to the uh, Voice Summit. Tim, we've mentioned your talk. Dustin, you were there as well. You gave a talk as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you were up to over there? Yeah, absolutely. So I did a couple of different things. I moderated a panel uh, on voice search. It ended up being a little bit more about voice SEO, so I let the rest of the rest of the panel speak a little bit more. And then my talk was on Thursday, also that final day like Tim's. And mine was on building voice-driven search. So if you have a mobile app or a mobile website or a voice application, how do you build search into there? How do you expand the, the body of things that people can look for, right? If I, if I have five or six or maybe seven things that someone can look for in a voice application, fine. You're going to use the Alexa or Dialogflow NLU. But if you need to search through 150,000 or 2 million products, it's not going to cut it. You're going to need to be able to build some tooling into the skill, into the experience that will be able to handle that. And then as well, one of the things that was a big, maybe surprise for me, was the conference was so much about voice platforms it was so much about alexa to be sure uh though google assistant was there a lot as well not many people were speaking about voice on mobile voice on televisions voice in the in the car it really was uh very speaker heavy and i i would definitely would have liked to see a little bit more on the mobile side because i do think that still has has a lot of legs Mm. So that so it was predominantly not looking at voice as in an interface that is going to be the interface of the future, so to speak. But it was predominantly focusing on smart speakers specifically. Then I think a little bit, and and some of that may have just been, you know, that's what's sexy today, uh, and and some of the things that people discussed certainly can apply to a different context. Though, for sure, yeah, the the primary focus was on uh, was on those voice first speakers. Mm. What are your thoughts on on this one then, Dom, from a from a from a kind of voice as an interface perspective and bearing in mind where we've kind of come from over the last six months is we've seen, you know, a really, really steep rise in, in the adoption of these voice first uh, smart speakers in particular, you know, that Google has claimed quite a significant market share, 20 odd percent, 25 or 6 percent now. And Amazon is selling millions of units. They, they reckon they ten, sold tens of millions of units on Prime Day. Do you think from your perspective that voice is predominantly about smart speakers or do you think voice is a much bigger and wider thing 
Um, yeah, actually, I think you almost answered the question yourself. Uh, voice, I think, is much more than only smart speakers and um, connected devices like we, we have now in, in the RISE. I think it's just the early stages of a new technology that these devices are like priming the market at the moment. But voice will be huge in the future in terms, that I think, in two aspects. Like one aspect will be that we will use voice a lot to control our environment, not only like using smart, um, voicing, using smart, using voice um, for your smart home or talk to your devices, but also to, to do in, uh, regular information stuff and entertainment um, pleasure. And the other thing is um, discoverability and um, and um, voice footprint. No, sorry, again. And another aspect is uh, search and discoverability with these new um, services, because um, the latest figures um, show that uh, half of the, the search terms or the, the regular searches that are now done via Google will be done via voice within the next two years. So that will be a major shift in consumer attention that people will not search by uh, type interface, but by a voice interface. And that makes has some really good question arising for brands and, and service companies that will be discovered or need to be discovered via voice in the future and in the near future. Yeah, we see, we see voice more, uh, also more as a platform or an ecosystem. I mean, everybody is talking nowadays uh, about uh, Alexa and uh, Google Assistant. But uh, one scenario we have in mind um, that could be uh, maybe in, in a year or two or three is that um, you have these voice experiences and uh, voice uh, yeah, services and uh, you, you then choose like 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 you choose your browser on your laptop right uh, when you when you um, start your windows or uh, windows computer for the very first time you have to choose which browser you want to want uh, do you want to use in the uh, for, for search and for browsing browsing the web so i think that you will uh, exact the same way choose in, in the future which uh, assistant you you like the most and the the structure behind it or the um, yeah, the data and, and all the functionalities um, are maybe the, the, the same. So um, that's that's our one of the scenarios that we can we, we think we could uh, be in the in the future. And you will talk to uh, to everything in the, in the future to your fridge, uh, to your um, I don't know, to your toaster or cafe uh, cafe machine or. Yeah, one thing I think to add in this perspective is I have been to a panel um, during the voice um, conference where um, some chip manufacturer showed us a, a nice tiny chip, um, I think in the range of 10 um, uh, euros, where everything um, for, for Alexa-ready device could be made within, uh, within a really easy implementation. So, I could think of like to mention the coffee machine or light switch, a smart light switch that has Alexa integrated already for additional 10 euros. And then your home and, and your environment will be easily connected and be controlled via voice. So you will have many um, smart speakers like we know, we, we have known now over the past six months in our home, but they won't be separate devices. They will just be built in 
in every single device that is powered by um, uh, energy and can be um, waken up by voice with a small command. Wow, that's that's uh, that that sounds phenomenal. That like it's it's got one of, one of the things that it's kind of been said over the last six months is well, one day we'll be talking to our shower head and there'll be you know a smart speaker in your light <laughs> switch and all this stuff. And it's like you know it's in theory you can see that train of thought panning out like that, but there's always at least for me at least there's always been a bit of a lack of. Um, any examples of how that might even happen? But seemingly, if if this you know if this manufacturer is making chips that are so small and so cheap that you can put them in anywhere, then I can I can kind of see that I can see that kind of happening fairly quickly, really. Hi, I'm Bahubali Shete. I'm the founder of Closure. Uh, we make uh, cooking easier for the consumers. We are the ways of cooking. Great. And so, what trends are you seeing here this week at the Voice Summit conference? I think the biggest trend I'm seeing is that the awareness about the voice marketing and voice commerce, which was which I hadn't seen in the general media otherwise, uh, which we started working on quite some time back, but uh, now it's catching up, which is good because the awareness brings a lot of market uh, to us. We don't have to spend too much of marketing money for that. So that's a good trend. Hi, this is Roger Kibbe of VoiceCraft, and what stood out for me in the show was, while we all know it's fairly easy to create a simple voice application, the very best applications created by the top developers required an enormous amount of time, energy, and effort to get right, and many iterations to get right. Fortunately, design tools and design methodology are improving to make this better, but it's still harder to make a great voice application than a traditional UI application. As far as industries, you know, I think retail is where there's enormous opportunities. Merchants and marketers should be jumping into this and creating voice applications for their brands and reaching out to their customers. It's a whole new channel to explore. Uh, and what will we see in retail? Uh, simple thing, the first $1,000 purchase uh, done with voice is going to happen this year. We know that people are, are using uh, so let's take the smart speakers example and I suppose we can extend that into mobile as well we know that people are using their voice uh, as an interface more certainly over the last six months it's been uh, growing and growing and growing and there's a new stat out and a new study out every week about you know the number of people who've tried uh, purchasing something I think something like 20 odd percent of people have tried purchasing something I think I read on uh, VoiceBot um, so it's clear and I can understand why there's business interest and why there were so many businesses at that kind of conference. And Dom, you'd mentioned one of the real important factors there around the rise of voice search, potentially accounting for 50% of searches in 2022. What were some of the other kind of key takeaways that that brands will take away from this week and thinking about the next kind of six months ahead what are some of the real key takeaways that, that brands should be taking into consideration? Yeah, I've been to another panel where some agencies um, talked about their um, experience and their perspective on voice and some projects they have already done with voice. And what I think they said unisono on this panel was that the brands shouldn't think in products anymore. Like if you want to, if you are um, at the tight, the brand tight, shouldn't think about their brand is tight. They should rather think in categories what their brand can accomplish for customers 
using voice devices. So if I have a stain on my T-shirt, my first question would be, how can I remove the stain? It's not what can tides do for me with this stain. So that's why they should build up categories, and that's what they actually did in this in this showcase. That they made up a category how to remove stains from different fabrics and different stains and different with different difficulty difficulty and match them to their products that they already have out in the market. So they had the niche of removing stains from your clothes and not um, um, and, and then in the end, if if you if they provided the correct answer, of course they can advertise tight and this will be the solution to remove your stain. But you, you don't come from tight and advertise tight as you did in TV and radio commercials in the, in the past. You think of solving a problem and then tight will be the answer for that. You mentioned tight quite often. <laughs> it's uh, it's all that time you've been spending in America over the last week. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what you mean, Tim? When in in your talk there was a slide at the very end around be the authority for questions and intents of your users. Is that kind of the point that you were getting out there around trying to own those conversations? Yeah, that's that's absolutely that that thing because. Uh, um, that's also one of the, I think, one of the key um, uh, takeaways from that panel that I just wrapped up in this one um, one statement there. And uh, the guy who said that was uh, Will Hall from the Rain Agency, uh, based in, uh, in New York. And uh, Dustin, I think you um, attended also his talk uh, mm. on Thursday. Uh, it was uh, quite uh, directly after mine, after my talk. And uh, I, I, it's it's a very very fresh perspective this guy has on the whole uh, voice stuff, and um, he wrapped up um, like uh, three statements as well, so or three recommendations to brands. Like finding the first one was find your moment. I think uh, like look at your customer journey and th think in, in in systems and uh, find. Uh, find the right connection between uh, systems and where can then voice be one one touch point in your customer journey and uh, this interconnectivity between systems is uh, key for the future and the second one second one was uh, be conversational yeah that's uh, that's obvious but uh, you have to keep that in mind um, if you are not conversational um, you have to consider if voice is the right platform or you have to get conversation in the future. And the third one was win position zero. Yeah. Um, and that's all about this, uh, this, this discoverability of uh, voice um, content and that um, being the, the first or the, the uh, result number zero is, is key in the future and I mean, that's there will be a lot of of a lot of losers out there um, because I think at the moment the, the big companies are are the winners there um, because uh, they are at uh, at yeah result number one at the moment. But in the in the future, this might be the one who serves the best answer and is the authority for a specific question. Yeah, I I agree. I I certainly heard a lot of that. I think that's. I think that's a big takeaway that brands had from the week is that you have to be position zero. You have to be the authority for a general search, which 
honestly, as a creator, quite worries me. Uh, the that message I think gets us to a point that is very similar to general SEO, where all of a sudden you're creating content for for searches, and not necessarily creating things that push the platform forward, that create these experiences that people are going to come back to again and again and again. Instead, you're creating these maybe short tail, maybe long tail query responses that that are almost commodities at that point. Uh, and I think that was a real big takeaway that people had. Uh, I would hope, though, that some people came to the event as well and go, okay, right, we need to be position zero, but what can we do that gets us out of that entirely? What can we do where people don't need to find us through search results, but we'll come back to our voice application every single day or every single week. Mm. And, and we own that user. Mm. So trying to, trying to get to the point of fighting for the attention as opposed to fighting to win that query. A, a little bit, right? It's, uh, you know, I think you can see this a little bit where people go directly to their favorite websites occasionally but then you have well actually a perfect example is lyrics websites you've got one website in particular uh genius where they brought something to that space that would encourage people to go back there directly right those annotations on genius.com are something that no other lyrics website has every other lyrics website is just how can we get how can we get search traffic and you don't build up that you don't build up that retention you don't build up that experience that really provides a lot of value when you're just i think targeting the search hmm. yeah and before we move on will hall uh, was on the podcast last week and he does talk a lot of sense so check out last week's episode if you want to hear more from will um on the search thing so the Amazon released, so I think at the start of this year, one of the first episodes we did, we were talking about how discoverability is a problem and stuff like that. And then there's been a few things that I think Amazon have tried to do to, to help the discoverability problem. I found the other day that uh, skills are being recommended in the Amazon app. If you're actually searching in the shopping app, you might get a skill recommended, um, which is, is kind of cool. I think it's slightly mistimed. But on the discoverability and, and search thing, they did release the can fulfill intent uh, thing whereby if your if your skill has that and someone asks for something like Dom you mentioned about uh, a stain or whatever if you have the can fulfill intent enabled on any of your skills and and someone asks for a stain removing then potentially Amazon will look for that um, and and serve that skill instead. Have, have you worked on any skills that have used the can fulfill intent and what's your sort of thoughts on it? Um, we we did not yet because. Um... Uh, as always, uh, the German market is a uh, few few months behind every every other market or the the U.S. and U.K. market. But um, I think that's 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 absolutely the right step and the right to the right direction um, to have it. Yeah, to have the the, the possibility to expose your um, main features there. And this is like like this this, uh, this position zero thing is you have to. You have to focus on your uh, on your expertise, and you have to focus on your main uh, main business. And 
um, have to strengthen your knowledge there and your um, position within this specific topic. I mean, um, there will be a lot of questions and a lot of zero positions uh, in the future, millions and trillions. <laughs> so um, um, there is a niche for everyone and there are a lot of answers uh, or a lot of questions that are not answered at the moment by, by Google Assistant or, or Alexa and there will be a spot for um, for a lot of companies, not only the big companies, uh, I'm sure. So yeah, um, we didn't uh, um, implement can fulfill intent uh, uh, yet, but we definitely will in the future for all, for all uh, upcoming um, projects. Hmm. Cool. I think Amazon will probably have to work on, Dustin, you were mentioning there around um, people trying to just win search results rather than provide value or to the platform forward. And I think if you look at Google search as an example, I mean, Google, whenever it releases a new update, it penalizes quite heavily all of the sites that don't comply, you know. So things like, I think it was a few months back or it might have even been a year ago or so. Now, if you are not, if you don't have HTTPS certificates on your site, then there's a potential that you're not going to get quite as high rankings. There was a big push when, when mobile became a standard that Google would kind of deprioritize any site that wasn't the mobile optimized site uh, keyword stuffing was quite quickly kind of stamped out so it'd be interesting to see where amazon takes it over the next kind of year or, or two when when people start using these can fulfill intents and trying to win position zero in terms of being able to vet the quality of that one answer because the quality of that one answer is absolutely imperative if you've only got one choice in it yeah i, I mean <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get some angry emails from SEOs, I'm sure. But uh, I mean, they're just trying to do their job, right? They're trying to, to get their customers or get their companies to get as much search traffic as possible. But you're exactly right. When you have just one result and when 50% of searches are going to be through voice, which I think every presentation this week was required to have that stat at, at some point, uh, when that happens, the competition there is going to be intense and you're going to have people who are going to look for shortcuts and Amazon and Google as well uh, are going to need to figure out ways on their platforms to, to make sure that anything that does come up is going to be very useful for anyone who uses it. All right. Um, just for the record, I'm here with Brian Lacey, Chief Executive, uh, Executive Officer at uh, Mobomo. That's correct. All right. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, um, which industry is, in, in, in your opinion, very promising for uh, or having, yeah, uh, facing business opportunities in the voice ecosystem? Okay, uh, for us, it's uh, the federal government. Uh, they have tons of information that uh, the general populace can get to. Uh, right now, it's, there's kind of some barriers to make that easy for them to find. And with a voice platform, they can quickly ask exactly what they need, and voice can provide it to them instantly. So we view that as a really nice greenfield area to give the best experience for the general populace. Okay, it's kind of an, um, more or better discoverability, discoverability of, 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 right. of content, right? And a better interaction with your government, uh, that you can actually get this kind of information as fast and quick as possible. Uh, and it also kind of really just leaves frog over accessibility issues because, you know, you don't have to deal with uh, 508 kind of compliance, but it's immediately, uh, you kind of hear what the answer is. And it can guide you to what you need to know. 
you mentioned you you kind of wrote a decent article, Dustin, summarising day one, and I just wanted to we'll we'll wrap up in a minute with um, some of the other speakers and, and what we kind of learned from from those. But there's a couple of interesting things in the in the write up that you kind of put together, and we'll put the link in the show notes. One was that skill engagement has risen fifty by fifty percent over the last year, and you had some queries around what that means, didn't you? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that meant on a per user basis. So your average user is using skills 50% more than the average user a year ago, or if that was overall numbers. The the sort of scary thing, if it's an overall number, is that the number of users overall who are using Alexa has grown more than 50%, I believe, since last year. And as third-party developers, uh, as third-party skill developers especially, we want to see that skill engagement grow. So that's that's my big question is, is skill engagement actually not growing as quickly as the overall, overall market? And if not, what are Amazon and perhaps Google has the same problem? What are they going to do to encourage third-party skill development and skill engagement? And the other thing was that one of the stats was that anything from 3 to 6% is a decent retention rate, which I found was interesting. Like Dom and, Dom and Tim, from, from the skills and stuff that you've, that you've built and from the, the brands and stuff that you've worked with, have you been u- working on kind of like repeat usage skills or have you been working quite a lot on sort of like one-off interactions and, or, or kind of interspersed interactions? Of course, we are thinking of um, uh, having more engaging skills, and that means returning users that will use the skill more often and in a deeper interaction way that that used to be in the, in the when we started off with the company. So this is for sure one point we have to consider when, when building skills. And I think in the end, if you build skills, it makes sense that they would be skills that, that have a deep interaction and could be used on multiple occasions and solve problems for user in multiple ways. I think that's the way to go to have engaging skills. And for especially for brands, they need to have engaging skills that are not one-show-offs or campaigns. Think more on products and services for your customers than campaigns like you did with banner ads and all this stuff. And um, from our from our projects we did in the, in the past, um, we had some uh, surprises there, I would say, because uh, um, there's no uh, guarantee that uh, if you do a skill that and you think it won't be won't be used very often, it could be that uh, people are using it more often than you expected. Um, and we 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 see this um, for for example with our own skills. We are we are developing. We have some some sound stuff out there, um, um, and we we see um, a static rise in, in engagement. And I think um, we thought that uh, you would use it maybe one or two times, and then you know everything uh, you you wanted to know. And uh, it, it's it's been it's been used very 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 often. And um, we have uh, attended also the, the the game panel that has been hosted by Florian Holland, also uh, one of the guests of of your podcasts, and um, um, there. Um, Adva Levin from, from Pretzel Labs uh, told us that her kid co- kids' court skill um, is used 
also very very often it has a very narrow narrow use case uh, the thing is not yeah not it's not a casual game that you can play around uh, for like 20 times a day and uh, she told us that um, uh, people are using it uh, for an hour or two and uh, um, very very often and very uh, just a lot of returning users there and that's that's quite interesting that you might um, yeah see, we'll see in the future that uh, your expectations won't meet and uh, that uh, people are using your skill more often than you think and actually what my impression is that like if you compare it to the early days of the web like in the 90s when everything came out people would only research and go online like twice a week to find out something that they were looking for and then it took another like five or ten years that people really interacted with web pages where they started chatting or using forums and exchanging knowledge or putting their, their information online and um, connecting to other people and I think this is one point that might happen with voice as well. People now have a new interface that they haven't learned to use or how to use and new interactions just to involve over time. And another thing I think which is really important that I saw in, in another talk with um, where David Ibitsky gave his keynote speech from Amazon and he said kids um, skills are the fastest growing skill, skill segment at the moment. So they, they are seeing double features month over month in, in, uh, in, in the growth rates. And that's why I think that um, kids' skills for entertainment or education are really a good use case for parents that want to restrict screen time for their kids. And now they can use skills that are only or they're mostly focused on voice entertainment to have to give the kids some uh, some screen screen free time to play around. And that's why we do we also move a lot in the games markets. We've we've researched some projects with the. Uh, publishing company that does games for kids and they own a lot of major kids brands from Disney and characters that need to be transferred to voice and voice enabled experience for kids as well. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I did see that the kids skills seem to be growing absolutely wildly at the, at the minute. Um, oh, I know, I'm conscious we were, we've, we've kind of overrun a little bit. Just to, to kind of wrap up, I'm hoping that we can kind of look to the future over the next kind of six months and and there's kind of a, a threefold question one for for the brands one for the kind of creatives and designers and one for the developers and, and the techies based on where we've been over the last six months based on what you've learned at the uh, voice 18 event last week and based on your general experience over over the last kind of six months starting with with brands and on the strategy side we've we've covered a couple of things there around being the number one sort of like search result or search result zero or whatever but what's the main kind of takeaways that you can tell brands to focus on over the next six months what's the most important thing that they can do over the next six months um i i would i would uh, recommend to um uh, see uh, which business opportunities are there in the future and um, uh, Amazon is, is now trying and Google as well is trying to um, uh, yeah publish and release um, a way to uh, do purchases via voice so um, you might or you should be ready um, to sell your content or products uh, via, via or make them uh, purchasable uh, 
which is a bird. Is it a word? I don't know. Uh, the that sort of can that be sounds like a word, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that, yeah. My <laughs> voice as well. Okay, great. And um, But not wait. don't wait too long for it. So don't wait uh, until it's there. Um, try to... Um, yeah, try to do your first steps right now and try to, um, yeah, no, you have to know you, the technology before you can um, uh, make money out of it. And the reach is, is, is growing. We have seen that multiple times in different uh, stats from Westport. And, and, and so, and you have to be aware of it. So that's for brands. I think uh, there will be business models in the future and you will have that return on investment uh, at least in 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 2019 yeah mm -hmm. and what's what what would you recommend designers and creatives what what's what what should they be focusing on over the next six months don what are your thoughts on that Okay, creative designers. Um, as I mentioned before, I think it's really important to think in categories and not in products anymore. So think of the niche you can place your product in in voice, and and try to be to be top of mind in the discoverability and search in these terms. And I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Dustin, what about the techies and the developers? What what should they be focusing on over the next six months? I I think really just building as much as they can get out there build experiences see you know see what other people aren't doing right and and make mistakes uh this uh this platform this this way of thinking this way of interacting is not going away and so you're going to make bad things in the beginning so go ahead and do it now so that when this becomes even more entrenched you're building amazing things that really push the entire industry forward. Yeah, I think I have to add one thing here to the discussion. Um, we've been on the podcast, uh, on the Twitch cast with the Memo During, and I think I said it there, and I, I'd like to stress it out once more. I think we are a big uh, community and a, and a family, so I think we should, all should share our knowledge. And if and if you are stuck in with a problem or or think this is wrong, just reach out to someone else. I think. We all made these mistakes before, and we can learn from the mistakes we made before. And as a community, everybody's friendly. I have met everybody wants to share their, their knowledge, and I think it's just a matter of reaching out and getting in touch, and then share what what you have done and you share your best practices that everybody can profit in this industry in the future. Mm, absolutely, that's a that's a, a good closing thought. That I think that's my reflection over the last six months is. First and foremost, from the in from the industry side of things, in terms of the voice industry and the people that are involved in it, and and the people who are kind of doing this stuff on a daily basis, like yourselves, is I, I'm kind of absolutely overwhelmed with how kind of much how much of a community there is, and how much people are willing to share their knowledge, how much people are willing to share their time, share their experiences, and and try and help everybody um, get better and and to create better stuff. It's it's everyone's in it with passion and everyone wants to see this technology succeed and it's been absolutely the first six months of this year have been unbelievable and thanks to all the listeners who've been listening thank you to all the guests that we've had thank you dom and tim for joining us today and dustin thank you for being involved since more or less from the very beginning uh it's been absolutely fantastic and i'm really really looking forward to the next next six months uh so thank you tim thank you dom for joining us thank you dustin for joining us as well it's been immense yeah, thank Thanks you so much, guys. Thanks for having us. Cool. 
And if you are in the market for a, uh, a voice experience or a, a voice app or Alexa skill or Google Action, uh, then I'm sure you can give 169 Labs a shout. Guys, where can people reach out to you if they want to get involved uh, building some voice applications or where can they follow you a lot online? Um, yeah, go to our website, 169labs.com. Uh, reach out on Twitter at 169labs or at Kale from my personal Twitter account. And yeah, let's get in. Let's get in touch, and let's talk about uh, your opportunities in in future in the future of voice. And we are happy to help and try to yeah build outstanding Fantastic. voice experience. And together use the, the hashtag all about voice hashtag on Twitter and answer the question why is 2018 all about voice for two tickets, the chance to win two tickets to the All About Voice conference on the 12th of October in Munich in Germany. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kane. That was Tim Carla and Dominic Meisner of 169 Labs. Thanks for joining us, chaps. I think that was a really good summary of the, the voice event and the year so far. The main takeaway for me really out of that is just how much attention brands are starting to now put in the voice space. I think the next six months is going to see that continue. There'll be an influx of interested brands and interested parties trying to take a slice of this early voice pie. And if you are interested in getting to grips with voice first strategy and understanding how you can approach this space and the best ways to go about it, then you can join me on YouTube every Friday for the voice board sessions. That's going to be starting this coming Friday and every Friday after that we're going to be getting into detail on one specific area of voice first strategy every week. So head over to the YouTube channel now and you can subscribe there and we're going to do this. It's going to be me with a whiteboard and a marker pen. Well, not a marker pen because I won't be able to get it off the whiteboard, but a whiteboard pen. And we're going to be having a look uh, at voice strategy and, and the bits and pieces that you can do to start implementing voice first initiatives. Thank you again, Dom and Tim, for joining me. Thank you, Dustin, for co-hosting and thank you all for listening. Until next week, see you later. 